It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good evening. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. And tonight we have a mega host lineup here. We have Well, well, uh, let's talk about why first. Why? Oh, well, why? because okay, about why. so here's because the thing. Chuck because Chuck was supposed to work. Chuck was supposed to be off, and so we right. invited my sister from another Mr. Nicole Strickland. Yes. And she was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And then we got a message earlier today. Mm-hmm. And she said, "I have a migraine." And we were like, okay. So then I invited somebody who better not be like a sister from another mister because that would be uh, illegal in 50 states and because my husband, Techie McScience Geek, also known as Jim, is also here. So we have four hosts. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. There's going to be a lot of chatter tonight, folks. Jim, Karen, Nicole, Chuck. Oh, and we can't forget Cheryl. Right, Cheryl? We can't Cheryl. Forget you. Don't forget me, please. No, I will not forget yes, you. And, and we and wait, and we can't forget our guest. I'm going to say it, but hopefully it's right because we're talking about how to say it. But I believe it's Hiram Henderson. He's the director of operations for Maryland's Paranormal Research, which was founded in 2011 with a mission to conduct investigations of paranormal phenomena under technical means to examine haunted claims. So there you go. Hopefully I said technical. it the right so way. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a technical team guy. Yes, he's a technical team guy. So we're going to talk about ghosties tonight. So there you go. Oh, I'm here. So anyway, Nicole's headache is better. Chuck showed up anyway. And so here we all are. <laughs> I thought you said that. And Chuck showed up anyways. What the heck's wrong with this guy? Showing up. And no, all. it's all good. I, that wasn't a complaint. That wasn't right. a complaint okay. even a okay. little bit. So Nicole and I have, have gotten to know each other better now. And, and Jim and I have decided that Nicole is a pretty cool chick because anybody who will sit in the back seat of our car while bombing down Highway 101 on the Oregon oh. coast and sing songs, sing Billy Joel at the top of her lungs is okay by me. Wow. You got, yes. I got, Nicole I got and the, Eric were, I didn't, were... I didn't do the back seat. I was in the front seat where Karen was. I know. I rode in the back seat because mm. you have long legs. But... Yes. um. She so we took Nicole to some of your favorite spots, Chuck. I know. I cried when I saw the ship. I was like, <laughs> "Well, yeah, we went to the Peter Iredale and we went to Battery Russell and we also drove her down to the old Wheeler Hotel." I love all those places. I know. Well, what did you think of saw, them, all, Nicole? Yeah, what did you think? Wait, guys, I'm hearing like a lot of echoes here. I'm trying to figure it out. Oh, no. all right. Okay. All right. Well, you figure out your echoes. Well, you, you wave when you're ready. Yeah, wave when you're ready. All right. So, um, yes, I'm a. Uh, I was. I saw the pictures. I was like, man, okay. I just want to go. go there. I want to go there. I want to go there. Except oh, I don't want to explain it. Thing. I did. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so you saw all of Chuck's favorite places on in Oregon. So, what did oh, you think of it all? Oregon resonates with my energy just beautifully. I, when I saw the Wheeler, I almost felt, because I do a lot of work on the RMS Queen Mary, and the energy of the Wheeler is very similar to that of the Queen Mary. I just felt very drawn and, and just very welcomed by the hotel, and just meeting Katie, the owner, was just amazing. So, yeah, Oregon is just gorgeous. Had such a good time. So Yeah, both you and Eric seem pretty yeah. enthralled by the whole thing, by the Wheeler. Oh, especially. my God, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, Eric loved it. He's like, I'm coming back next year. I can't wait. One of my teammates, Allie, she's coming next year. So. Oh, we're drawing all the Californians up here to Washington all and Oregon. Cows. All the Callies are loving it. I don't it. know if you want to do that because what happens is then you move here. I mean, you would be fine. But we get a lot of Californians who move to the state, to, to Washington and Oregon. So I would be fine. I think you I would. would be fine. I would like you move here. I would. Like I have any say in anybody, right? Right. I know. <laughs> you can move here, but Jim you can't. Attended, Jim attended his first ghost conference. So what do you think there, Tick? I thought it rocked. Yeah. It was amazing. Awesome. Just the energy was incredible. Oh, see? So you have a... Well, he had to follow me around and do everything I did, so because he had to hold my monkey. Excuse monkey. me. You had to hold your monkey. Monkey. So what? Yes, um, monkey. Well, um, how, how was the turnout there, the at the conference? Um, I the haven't heard the final numbers, but uh -huh. I know um, that I was very happy with the number of people in my class and the number of people listening to my talk. And there were they had lots of classes that would go on at once. And yeah. so it was hard to really get a gauge of how many people were there because right. people were doing different things. But mm -hmm. I think the turnout was pretty good, don't you, Nicole? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was fabulous. I mean, it, the one thing is, you know, for Karen and I, because we we talked and we taught classes, it's. I found that there were a lot of other classes I wanted to take, but because I was doing things at the time, I couldn't take them. So, but overall, yeah. I mean, just a really good turnout, a great venue. Excellent venue. Mm -hmm. Seaside's just gorgeous. So yeah. and your, yeah, listen, your class is one talk from start to finish. One. That was the only yeah. time I had to listen to one talk from start to finish and I was busy the rest of the time. Yeah, so your classes too. were good too, I mean as far as yeah. response and, uh, Jim took and my class, so you'd have to ask him how both Jim and Nicole took my class. I loved Karen's class. It was a good class. Yeah. I held the dog. He also played the <laughs> That's a good testimonial right there. I held yeah. the dog. No, it was it, it was great. She really engaged the audience. Cool. Oh, People were getting into and it. And Nicole's classes were good sized as well. And Nicole did kind of more. Um, you did an EVP class, and you did what was the other one? I always forget. Friday I did just a general paranormal research class, and then Saturday I did an EVP ITC course. And they yeah they had pretty good numbers um, over twenty people so in each so that was pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, yeah and we were on a panel. You were on a panel. Yes, we were on it. We were the only two girls on the all. I know. Represented for the yeah. ladies on the haunted history yeah. panel. That was fun. <laughs> that was hosted that was by fun. your buddy Jack. Yeah. I know. I saw Jay. I saw. Yeah, Jay Verberg was the the host of our of that panel. He was so funny because, I mean, Jay and I are pretty good friends, and we, we see each other about once every couple of months, I would say. And he yeah. got over to me, and he was reading my bio, and he was like, you think you know somebody? <laughs> he didn't know <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, I've been yeah. trying to get to do an investigation with me, so we're trying to, like, I had this one place I was going to go, but it's just, they, they charge a lot of money to do it, so but I'm still trying to stick in contact with him about going and doing something somewhere, but. But I do have an investigation on the 23rd, which is um, someone that I work with there. They uh, live in a building that used to be a schoolhouse, and now it's like oh. a duplex, you know? So there's yeah. a new side and an old side. So the new side is where my friend lives, and um, 
she says it seems, you know, you'll walk in, you'll see it seems pretty normal, you know, uh, feel. When you go to the other side, though, she has the older side, it feels more like kind of negative and they're not really sure, you know, what's going on. There's a guy that, her roommate that lives there, he's fine, but you can tell there's something that, that happened there. I don't know if someone actually had got killed in the house too or in the, in the schoolhouse or something. There's a whole bunch of background story, which I don't know if it's true or not, but so I'm going to, I guess, go in by myself because I don't really have a crew now until I can build one. So I'm, I'm just going to You are never supposed to investigate by yourself. That well, no, no, a, there's going to be... It's no, like the first like, rule of Fight Club is that you don't talk about Fight Club. The first yes. rule of investigating is you don't investigate by yourself. Yeah, no, no. I'm trying to find someone to go with me, but even then, the roommate that's there, he wants to be involved and learn about it. So it would be either me and him, or then I said, and then if he wants to go to the other side, and Sarah can come in and I can meet her, and I can kind of show him what's going on. So there's at least two of us there at all times. Have you so, done history of the land at all? I have. I haven't done anything yet. I just. I just got the okay to do it. It's not till the end of April, so I gotta do some cool. background checking and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exciting. Stuff. Let's I'm see. excited to get my dust my equipment off. It's been a while. I don't. We don't have any investigations coming up. All I have is um, I have a class coming up in May. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah. And we need to start in October. We're going to do a whole series of paranormal things at the museum um, yeah. as a fundraiser, and and so Andy and I need to start working on that. It was all about getting past the ghost conference, and oh my gosh, it was exhausting. Tell me about it. Oh. So you like, did you sleep like I'm 12 hours tired. or something? I or? slept 11 hours the other night. The next <laughs> night I was still tired. Yeah, yeah. Jim was um, working out in the room right next to my bedroom. It shares a wall. And when he works out, he blasts music super loud. I fell asleep yeah. while he was blasting his music. I was so tired. <laughs> and it yeah, was apparently so I slept through the disturbed version of Sound of Silence. I listened oh. to that earlier today. Love it. Uh -huh. Love did it. it make you think of me? Yes, I did. And how pretty I am. And how pretty you yes. are. You're so pretty, Karen. You're, you're so, so pretty. pretty. No, you're pretty. Well, so pretty, I suppose Karen. you guys should get a room, shouldn't you? Um, oh. So, <laughs> anyways. Not, no. like, she's, like I say, she's my sister from another mister. Yes. That's right. Nicole and I discovered that we have we have very similar worldviews and kind of approach the paranormal yeah. the same way. And yeah. So, yeah. It all worked That's out. Bonding it all good. did. I, oh, I would also like to point out another thing because I feel like um, Patty would want me to. Yes. So they had trivia night at the ghost conference. <gasps> would you like I... to know one? Team SSPR. Oh, nice. Even beat the ringers. Really? Yes. They brought in ringers and we won. <laughs> now, some of us may not have been as uh, helpful in our contributions as we normally would have been because there was alcohol involved, but it, all in all, <laughs> we still did, man. That's awesome. No, wait, I read some That's story. Awesome. I don't know if you guys know about this, but I read something on Facebook. Poor Seth missed like a group thing or something. Oh, my like, God. Behind, okay. and so what the heck happened to that poor guy? Seth, Seth is going to be on next week, by the way. We're talking about yes. Seth Michael, who's a psychic yeah. medium, who's a regular guest on the show and who we love. Um, I'm doing the All Around Us documentary with Seth. And actually, Nicole uh, did some interviews for that as well. So, yes, Seth, the thing is, is Seth is, um, and I think Seth would agree with this, and so this isn't me talking about Seth behind his back. He is the least grounded human being I have ever met. Have you seen Men in Black 3? Yes. The character yes. Griffin? Yes. yes. Oh, dear, yes. that is Seth. He's everywhere. He's all, <laughs> that is, he's all over. So yeah. Seth was on a tour. And I, I don't know if Seth had been drinking, but I suspect he probably had. 
And he was probably, for all I know, he was off talking to a spirit somewhere, and he got left behind. Oh, <laughs> left without him. So he went back to the hotel and posted a sad, sad, sad post about how how he was sad because he got left behind. The tour left him behind, but he did stay. I think he stayed with the tour the next night, so it was all good. Every oh, we found yeah. Seth. He's okay. He made it home in one piece. He's not wandering around seaside somewhere talking to himself. It's all good. The poor guy. I saw. I was like, oh, the poor guy. He's well. I'll just guess I'll just stay here. You know. <laughs> Like, do what happened? How'd you miss your group? You have to, you have to, if you know Seth, that is the most Seth thing to have happen anyway. (laughs) Can you imagine him still there? Wait, wait, is the conference still going on? Wait, what day is it? (laughs) Oh my god, I left behind everybody. Wait, where am I? I know, I've talked to him on Skype, and they're like all over, and like, what way, what are we thinking? Now I get, now I get dragged out, and I'm all over, and it just doesn't make any sense, so, yeah. Well, yeah, Seth is Griffin from Men in Black 3, the psychic from Men in Black, that is totally Seth, he's, he's not a super, he, Seth makes me look grounded, and I think we all know how grounded I actually am, so. <laughs> so, Nicole, you have, you have a new book? You have a new book? I do. Yeah, yeah, I published my second book on the Queen Mary. All right, so it's the second book the, is how is it how is it different from the first book? I mean, what's the tell me second the, book? Um, it's called Spirited Queen Mary: Her Haunted Legend. And so, let me back up. The first book was published in 2010, The Haunted Queen of the Seas, and that's just a basic overview of the ship's history and a little overview of the paranormal. Whereas Spirited Queen Mary is a is a sister book to the Haunted Queen of the Seas, but it delves more into the uh, spiritual phenomena and the ethereal side of the ship. So that's kind of how I separated. It was basically written as a way to connect the people of the ship's past with those of the present. So really nice. Yeah. So yeah. So so has there anything? Uh, well, I want to say extraordinary, but is there anything since you've been, you know, because you investigate and stuff, is there anything new that might interest the listeners as far as something that's happened or some kind of a, uh, uh, you know. Recently something? on the ship, yeah. you mean? Yes, yes. Um, in terms of paranormal, not really since I've written the book, but one thing that I do want to mention is that they're having the 80th anniversary of the ship's maiden voyage in May. So okay. I'll be staying three nights on the ship and participating in some of the activities, that sort of thing. But yeah, if you're if you're interested in learning about the ship's history and the paranormal side, the Spirit of Queen Mary would be the book for you. So, mm-hmm. ten years worth. Of- it's downstairs on my dining room table. That's nice. right. Yeah, Karen and I did a book exchange, so I have a lot of Karen's awesome books too. <laughs> Book swap. Yeah, I need to get you. Yeah. I need- well, and you know, realistically, that's what authors do. We just trade books. Um, we very yeah, yeah. sell them. We just give them to people for other books. No, I'm, yeah. I'm not an author, yeah. so I don't have any books to trade yet. So maybe someday. Yet is the word. Yeah. That's yet. True. Yet. Uh, now, Karen, you said you have some classes coming up in May. Did you say? I do. What What do you, What do you have? What's going on? I'm teaching a class with William Becker. Mm-hmm. At the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum, I'm sure some of our readers have, or our readers, our listeners have probably heard of it because I talk about it all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's a, it's a, basically I'm calling it uh, for short practical psychic, and it's practical applications of psychic abilities. So William kind of teaches a basic. Uh, these are this is how you use your psychic abilities, or this this is how. And so mine is um, I'm going to add to that. This is how you can discover. How, what types of information you receive, whether you're clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, 
Uh, I'm going to teach people how to use psychometry um, and also just how to use what to do with the abilities. Okay, it's like you're psychic. Now what? Because a lot of people don't know then what to do. I have these abilities. Now what? So we're going to go into that as well. And it's, it's a seven-hour class on May 7th. Oh, that's For sixty cool. bucks, it's a total bargain. Bam! You guys should do like that's a. Good. You guys do like a. Uh, you know, you get a camera and do it so it can be broadcast like Skype or something, and people can pay and watch and you know, because people like me. Yeah. Would be interested in that. Maybe so. Yeah. And then I'm I'm looking to do a couple more of those energy healing classes um, locally as well because I feel like that went really well and that there's a people have an interest in learning about it. Right. So, yeah. And maybe a dream interpretation workshop too. So I've got a few things in the works. Plus, let's face it, I've got books I've got to write. Yeah, me too. We're finished writing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> finished yeah writing. Karen and Patty showed me the Lewis County Historical Museum, and it's just amazing. I've I've heard about it, you know, all year. So I met Clarence. Claire, oh. I met Clarence. Yep, he was there. Really? He said hi. Yeah, she met Clarence. He said, he said I miss Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> when's I'm Chuck so coming to see yeah. me? That's exactly what he said. I know. Yeah, well, totally. Know, Chuck, he misses when Chuck. Chuck. Gets some money, then Chuck can go <laughs> visit again. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it takes the money to get to where you got to go. So right now, I hear that. Not... What's that? I said I hear that. Yeah. So you know. So yeah, yeah Chuck's just hanging over here in Illinois. You know, not really much going on over here, but you know, trying to stay busy. You know, so. Um, so the, this, I see that there's like a presentation, like there's talking points when we're talking to this Mr. Henderson this evening. Um, yeah. cause I know he puts parapsychology into this, the technical side and all that. It's going to be interesting to see, um, his thoughts on the, the paranormal. Cause I always find it interesting, uh, when you do a techie person versus a spiritual person, you know? Yeah. Well, that's why we have techie right. with science geek here. Oh, we're just going to let Jim go wild on him. That we're gonna well, do. you know, you might I, go wild on me. Again, remember, originally, <laughs> first it was supposed to be me and Nicole, and I thought, oh crap, Nicole and I are two like really woo woo chicks, and <laughs> trying to talk to this techie guy. Woo woo chicks. Then okay. Nicole yeah. had her headache, and so I thought, hey, Jim's super techie. Okay. And so here Jim is, and he's super techie, and you're kind of techie, so it'll be fine. I mean, Jim's yeah. techie is part of Jim's name, Techie McScience Geek. Yeah, well, they, I like just, that. Did you see the, yeah, new name. The people they have on here, it's like, you know, he's a retired Navy officer. They have a, uh, an electrical engineer, a former flight nurse, a writer, a former member of the Coast Guard. So, I mean, they have some serious people on the, on the crew. So it's going to be interesting to see from their aspect and their viewpoint um, how they view what happens in the paranormal field versus, you know, us spiritual folk centers. Well, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm both, so I don't know, you know. I see it from both ends, but uh, it's just interesting to see when someone sees it just from that particular end, how, how they view it, what they think is going on and stuff. So. Well, he may not see it just from that particular side. We don't know. We will this find is true. This we is true. We will find out. Yep. So you guys already got lots of questions. Are we ready? Yes. Ooh, I, got, I, heard, I heard some tumbleweeds and crickets going there for a minute. No, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm here. Remember, right. Nicole and I haven't quite recovered from our weekend yet. Yeah, no. Well, Nicole's holding her head with two fingers, so I'm not really sure if that means there's pain involved. That's or... just like putting my head in my in oh. my hands because you guys just, it's you guys still, are wiped still from this tired. thing. Huh? We yeah. are, yeah. A lot of energy. Well, how, how's your? How long is the flight from when you were at? Like, how long is the flight from Oregon to where you're at and back? I mean, how long was that for you? Um, Portland. 
gate to gate, two hours. But it's it's a really quick flight. Yeah. And you you bad. went into port. Do you all right? So is it just me or do you enjoy the G force as you land? Uh, I didn't really notice because I was kind. I of, told like, you Jack hated flying into Portland. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You don't like. I don't like flying either. I just don't. like You didn't feel that where it goes. It's like you're holding on to the. No. Not quite to the. Oh, extent that must be a wuss or something. I don't know, man. I, it was like I wasn't even paying attention. I didn't, you know. I was thinking, oh, he goes, we're gonna land. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, cool. And all of a sudden, it's like it felt like it just shoved me. It just felt like I was shoved against the chair. I'm like, it's like there you go, Chuck. It's just how I'm supposed to land. And the next thing you hear, like, really fast with the wheels, and bam, you're they're there. Now when you come into O'Hare, it's like yeah. we're gonna be landing in 20 minutes. And it's like very slow, progressive. Hit the wheel, it's, you know that. So there was definitely that's there. how the landing is in San Diego. It's quite rough. Is it? Yeah. I, yep. I just I wanted to vomit when I was going into Portland, pretty much. Just oh, sh- boy. Oh, no. Not yeah, but you wanted to vomit just being on a plane, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to vomit before I got on the plane. You so. wanted to vomit just thinking about flying. Yeah, but, you know, hey, I did it. I'm still alive. I'm in one piece. You did. I did it. You did it. You're still alive. Yeah. It's all good, mm-hmm. bud. Next time I fly in, forget Portland, I'm coming to Seattle. Just flying into Seattle because I'm sure it'll be a lot smoother. Seattle's a oh, Seattle, the airport is a horrible airport, though. It's so busy and so congested. And, uh, I hate VTAC. Yeah. Is it? And the traffic uh, is terrible. Well, maybe I could maybe I could fly into Portland and just parachute out when we get close. That way I don't have to Yeah, feel I'm sure jumping out of a perfectly good airplane would make you feel more comfortable <laughs> than landing. Yeah, that's more I wouldn't feel the G-force. I just kind of float down and but uh be all done. Have you ever jumped out of an airplane, Chuck? I'm guessing no. Yeah, why don't you answer that question, Karen? No, I've never jumped out. You've jumped airplane. out of airplanes yeah. many times. And and how do you like how do you like the? Is it wonderful or is it scary? What is it? Is what it you, is it scary? Yeah, yeah you climb scary? out on a wing at three thousand feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it's scary, but that's what well, makes it awesome. Well, some people don't think it's scary. Some people think, hey, it's awesome. You know, you yeah, just got there. Yeah, for a couple hundred times, it probably isn't quite so scary. I Actually, think anybody, any, I think jumping out of the airplane for the first time for anybody has got to be scary. Come on. Well, yep. I know, but I'm just saying, you know, if he's done it quite a few times, maybe it wasn't scary for him, you know. Right? Yeah, hey, it, actually, it actually lost a lot of its scariness after you know you're going to live. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. There's a plus. Is that so, first time? Um, you really don't know. You think you're going to live, but you really don't know. Well, I know for me, I, even if I knew I was going to live, I'd crap, crap my pants anyway, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. Well, I, I think, think Chuck needs do to like jump out of a plane. The night before and you'd be okay. Yeah, it's okay. I like the ground. It's very, it's very earthy. I like the ground. It's very earthy. I'm good. See, you're an earth. You must be like an earth person. You, you are of the earth because you, you like being on the ground. That's okay. You know, we all have our fears. We all have our things that make uh, anxiety, you know, build up. So, I mean, at least I think so. Popsicle sticks. Oh yeah, Weird Al for you. That's this, you know, that's unusual for me because I like Weird Al and popsicle sticks. Oh yeah, I know about that. <laughs> you, you people can't see it, but she's making the nastiest face. So, what would it be for you, Nicole? What would, what, what, what's your like anxiety or something you really don't like? Since Ron's- I let's see. Well, I don't like flying, but not to the extent oh. that you do. I just don't like the takeoffs and landings. I think yes. it's like like a controlling person, but it's just mm-hmm. kind of fear of the unknown, like not being in control. Yeah. So flying, flying is definitely one of them. I also have. Like, not a fear of water, because I love the water, but I would think drowning would be... I think I drowned in a past life, because 
when I hear stories of people drowning to death, it just really gets to me. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. but, 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 but by being near water doesn't like totally near. No, freak no, out. I loved. Yeah, I learned. She didn't spend the entire story. weekend in seaside screaming, so I think she's okay being near. That's what I was making awesome. sure. That's yeah. what I was asking because you're like you're by the beach. <laughs> was she screaming yeah. on the beach? <laughs> no, no. Okay, just, just check it. Yeah. You never just, know. I can yeah. see her just going down the beach, going ah, the water. You know, no, I hard. didn't make news in seaside. Oh, same no, little she girl. Was, she was not the crazy screaming. screaming chick on the beach. It's all good. Hey, Cheryl. Yes. On Saturday night at the ghost conference, they had a bonfire, and um, people told ghost stories around the bonfire. <gasps> I told the ghost story about. What? Well, come on. What is the scariest ghost story we have covered on this show multiple times? Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, stumped. I know. He's the creepiest object The creepiest ever. object that we've oh, ever Oh, it was on um, that new Zach Bagan show the other night, The Dybbuk Box. Dybbuk yeah. Box. I told yeah. the story of The Dybbuk Box. And you know what was funny is that I did it Saturday night, and um, so many people came up to me Sunday and asked me about it. So I, I, <laughs> I kind of directed them towards Jason's book and, and our podcasts and said, cool. well, this is where you'll find stuff out. But, yeah, people, that story, just people love that story. They, yeah, they do. Well, it's fascinating. I mean, it is. It's, yes. There's a lot going on there. Yes. And, and what was really funny is we had been drinking quite a lot of wine. And yes. vodka soda limes. And so it was basically me drunk splaining the Dybbuk box, but I did okay, <laughs> I guess. I'm going to explain. Drunk splaining? Nice. Drunk splaining. <laughs> nice. Yes, it was Karen drunk splains the Dybbuk box around okay, the Here's his box. It's really Gary and. Yeah. I don't know. Jim was drunk too, but I, he said it sounded okay to him. <laughs> yeah, but he had the same filter going you did because they were both. You were drunk no, splaining. He was drunk listening. Less. He had a lot less to drink than I did. I had a lot more tolerance. Let's just put it that way. He had way. a lot less to drink and he has, <laughs> he has more body mass and he, he tolerates alcohol better than I do. My liver is trained like a Navy SEAL. Gotcha. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, that box is, I mean, that box is freaky. I mean, just the, I mean, yeah. I had the, just the, the rec, you know, the replica or whatever, the Fibic box, as you call it, you yeah, know, and it's still creepy. Like when you got it, it taking things out. It really out. seemed to strike a chord with people around the campfire, though, because I had a lot of people come up on Sunday and ask me about it, which was really interesting. And Sunday, I was a zombie because I'd had maybe five hours of sleep for the entire weekend by then. So mm -hmm. I was really, really tired, and I was sitting at Nicole's table, just kind of <laughs> with my hands, and people would come up and tell me about the Dibbuk Bogan. Well, they did that, oh, that film about it. Um, what was it called? Possession. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That's in yeah. possession. So, yep. hey, it made it to the to the movies to the big screen. Yep. Eventually, well, some of us got to present on Friday, and not I know. Sunday. Here's what I learned. I am so oh glad. Yeah, but I did have to sit on a panel on Sunday, and That's I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't much. It wasn't much. No, I kind of sat there and let everybody <laughs> else talk. Hey guys, it's time to go to break so that we can uh, call our guest. Right. Awesome. I'm getting a thumbs up from across the board here. Break. All right. Break. So we are going to go to break. And um, <laughs> you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with lots and lots and lots of hosts, a whole plethora of hosts this evening. A host of hosts. A host of hosts this evening. <sighs> oh, uh, me, wow. my hubby Jim, Nicole Strickland, and of course, Chuck, and even Cheryl occasionally. So stick around. We'll be back in just a minute. Uh, Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. 
Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. My name is Daryl E. Berry Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge, and founder and director of Next Density a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back here on MixLR. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with our plethora of hosts, Karen, Jim, Nicole, Chuck, and our producer, Cheryl, along with our guest for this evening, Mr. Hiram Henderson. Hiram, how are you doing tonight? I am doing fine, Jim. Oh, call me Jim. This will be Chuck, Chucky G. Oh, oh, uh, well, there, there you go. That's Jim quite has, all right. So you can, you can kind of differentiate between voice. Jim has kind of a deeper, scratchy voice, and then this is Karen talking. And Nicole has a slightly deeper voice I, than I do, I think, don't you, Nicole? I sure do. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so my, my apologies there, Chuck. So That's quite all right. You can call me Jim. I Not like Jim, the worst so thing good. he's been called. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. Um, so, um, all right, let's start with, uh, you know, the, 
the normal that we normally, or at least I normally do, is um, can you just give us a little background on who you are and how you got into the field, and then we'll just take it from there with everything else. Um, sure can. Um, we are relatively new um, as far as paranormal groups go. We were founded in 2011, um, and we have a registered trademark name. Um, and, um, you know, we do basically what you do, because I understand you're all paranormal investigators, right? All of you? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, so we do case investigations for private clients, um, as you do. Um, we do something called ghost expeditions. Um, those are essentially uh, training events in historical locations. And, um, and research on top of that. Um, we, we do take that part of our name, we try to take that part of our name um, seriously, so we're always trying to perfect um, our techniques with um, each and every year. Um, okay. We've, um, well, we've been to a bunch of places, which I guess we can get into later. Um, um, you can find us on social media, we can get into the details of that later. We've got um, about um, just under 24 followers on 24,000, excuse me, followers on Twitter, about 12,000 on Facebook, uh, three on Tumblr, which is a very interesting um, crowd. At least they have very interesting handles there. Um, and um, we've been in um, some, some time in national media. We've been on um, Discovery Network's A Haunting. Um, we've been featured in um, um, some media from the University of Maryland, their Diamondback publication, as well as their archives, um, as well as a local, um, a local online paper called Baltimore Fishbowl. Um, we haven't done too much in the way of media appearances because we wanted to sort of get a better sense of of, of who we are and where we're going. Um, um, to basically, we wanted we wanted to hold off on engagements till we. Mm-hmm. We're better gelled, if you will. So um, yeah. I, th- I think we're ready to do that in these um, in these years going forward. So what? I mean, what got you into it? Was there was it a personal experience? Was it just interest? Was it? I mean, what 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 kind of got you hooked and wanted to you know put together a team? And um, I, I've had some um, what I believe were personal experiences. Um, one during some very bad weather um, when I was down in the. Um, Norfolk area, um, but um, I, I wasn't interested in for in this for much of my life. But um, somehow, after moving to Maryland, I just started seeing some of these shows, and I went, "Hmm, some of the stuff looks pretty interesting." And f- for my part, um, I wanted them to. I wondered if they could take some of some of their techniques a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Apply just a little bit extra rigor, and um, and to see what would result. Um, so that's kind of what got me into it—a combination of experiences and um, and just a desire to to dig a little deeper um, into the phenomenon itself. Well, yeah, yeah, because I see that you guys do the machine synchronized sensors for like monitoring environment environmental conditions and stuff like that. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting in using uh, invisible spectros of light. And so, I mean, you really, you, 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 like when you're saying you try to tighten it up a bit, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about and um, uh, how, how you handle the situation in a particular area. 
Well, exactly. Um, so, um, so if you want to um, analyze these events, um, we and, and pardon us if this pardon if this sounds a little bit too militaristic, um, but um, a lot of us have military backgrounds, but. Um, uh, it's it's easier to to analyze or tackle a problem if you can operationalize it. So, um, so uh, although we're stuck with the term ghost, it's a popular term. Um, maybe paranormal event would be easier if you're if you're trying to analyze the information that comes out of a particular experience. So, mm -hmm. so they might be visual events in the case of apparitions or shadow figures. It might be audible events. Um, might be electromagnetic events, and you're going to need different tools and techniques to to understand um, those experiences. So if you can if you can opera operationalize the problem, you could see what kind of capacity, what kind of techniques you need to to bear against it. What you can control, what you can't control. Mm -hmm. So so by using what you're have you like. By doing what you're doing, and, and you know, because I find environmental factors interesting in, in investigation, because uh, people usually want to center on just the the entities or what's happening there. But you have to you kind of look at it as a whole picture, a little bit larger uh, frame. It seems to uh, give a lot more information. Have you found that by doing that, you're you can you can see some sort of correlation to the environment factors when events uh, happen? Well, well, yeah. As part of this journey and every group you know has their own journey their own path that they take um, yes we're, we're trying to find reliable signatures um, if you will and so one um, one signature that seems to be reliable is is vocal frequency so we'll take um, so we'll take a signal from um, say any particular amplifier that we're using mm -hmm. um, and we'll run it through an well itself through an instrumentation amplifier to to see voltages. But usually, when there's a, a spike in vocal frequency, um, mm -hmm. that's when you want to look for EVP. Um, and also, of course, everyone agrees to this: when you see sharp drops in temperature or sharp downtrends in temperature, that's a good time to look for EVP. And um, and sometimes you'll see drops in pressure as well. Um, it's not as reliable an indicator, but, but when you see all of those things moving in tandem, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that you're you're probably going to get uh, several streams of EVP um, when that's happening. It's almost, um, uh, you know, don't call this a theory, please, but um, it's al it's almost like a miniature storm in a way. There's like a low pressure system, drops in temperature. Um, and that itself um, fa facilitates the transfer, if you will, of, a, of electrical charges. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, it almost looks like um, a, a very small scale storm event. In a way. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, 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 that's what I found when you're, you know, it's interesting you said frequency, uh, adjustments of frequency, because. I haven't used like you said you use amplifiers. Is that what you said you use for different tones and? Uh, well, we we um we have two um well our our, our centerpiece um our centerpiece um um our centerpiece equipment 
mm -hmm. um, if you will, is um, is a soundstage, mm -hmm. and um, and that and at the heart of it is uh, usually a 12-channel mixer, and it can take um, up to four dynamic microphones. And then once the signal's bought up to to line level, we send it to a a digital audio recorder um, that can record up to DVD quality sound and we'll usually run all that in four channels so two stereo left and right on the recorder mm -hmm. um, two left and right coming from the from the mix and um, and that's worked out well for us we get some pretty um, amazing EVP from from that technique um, we have a, an experimental variation of, of a soundstage, um, um, and we and we sort of improve upon it every year. But um, at the heart of it is something called a low noise amplifier, and that kind of amplifier is capable of detecting very small voltages, nano voltages, and so we have induction sensors um, running into this low noise amplifier. Um, this is a pretty extended signal chain. Uh, bear with me. I'll just take you through part of it. And then after it comes out of the low noise amplifier, we run it through a low pass filter because some some critics will complain, well, sometimes you're picking up radio frequency, you're picking up radio signals. But with a low pass filter, um, all of that gets cut off. Um, none of that passes through the filter. And then it goes into uh, your standard mix console um, and from there, um, um, we can run it into an equalizer to cut, uh, to, to pass band, if you will, the frequencies even more, so we can cut off everything that isn't vocal frequency and only allow the vocal frequency to come through. Mm -hmm. um, that's, the, that's our experimental rig so far. Cool. Jim, you got a question? Yeah, uh, are you running 24-bit signal all the way through? Um, well, so we're, so we're talking, um, digital, so, so the recorders, um, so the recorders are capable, they're Zoom, um, H2Ns usually, um, and sometimes we'll use H4Ns, so, so yes, that's capable of, at least when you get to digital, um, yeah, 24-bit quality. But the, but, but, but. The other equipment, of course, in the chain is is analog. The mixers are analog. Well, that, but, right, but your storage is still going to be all digital, right? Say again. Your storage is still going to be all digital, though, right? Yeah, the, we usually um, record at a, at above CD quality sound. Um, we can record up to DVD quality. It takes up a lot of disk space. You know, we have it, but um, but um, usually above CD quality. Um, suffices, I think, for for most of our work. And then when you, and then when you um, present um, findings on social media or the web or wherever, um, you can down convert it to to CD quality. Right. Let's talk about the advantages of using this high definition audio stuff because I have heard the criticism from people, and we use high def stuff. I use an H4. H4N in, in our stuff. But the criticism I've heard from other people in other groups is, well, yeah, but when you use that high-quality audio, you don't get as many EVPs. And your answer to that would be? Huh. Well, um, I, guess, I guess that's the, the first criticism 
um, along those lines that I've heard of, of using um, high quality audio equipment. It, I, I would say it comes down to, to what the group wants to do. I mean, many of us are hobbyists, you know, some are citizen scientists, some are, um, some in a few cases are scientists. And, and it depends on your goals. So I, I think for, for most hobbyists out there, um, you know, you don't necessarily need a very high-end, um, high-def recorder. Um, you can get by with, I, I mean, I personally think you can get by with, with a handheld recorder, um, if it can record in, you know, at least in WAV format. As opposed I mean, to MP3 for I mean, I know that see, I, my team here in San Diego, we use different types of recorders on different settings, and we've been able to capture anomalous voices on all of them. So, you know, I guess it just, I mean, a lot of it depends on, I guess, the, you know, environmental situations and, and perhaps the energies themselves. I mean, do they necessarily know, like, oh, I, I'd rather speak into, if that's what they're doing, into a recorder that is more, you know, high def versus this other type of recorder. I mean, do they know that? Do they not know that? I guess that this is what experimentation is all about, so. Well, um, I, I, I think I find in most circumstances, um, uh, partners, spirits, um, whatever your term of choice is, um, generally want to communicate. It's it's almost like an invisible humanity, if 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 you'll um, permit that term. So, you know, the range of of people and souls on this side of of existence um, is more or less mirrored in in this invisible plane of their existence. You're going to find folks good and bad, and since you're all paranormal investigators, you you probably have heard your range of um, of friendly and unfriendly. Um, and reflections. <laughs> yeah, we sure have. Yeah. Um, but but I, I you know I, I generally don't want to get into to, to brand. Um, folks will have their brand loyal loyalties. But if if I this is just me and 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 this doesn't have to apply to everyone out there. But mm -hmm. uh, but if if I were limited to just one piece of equipment. Um, just one. Um, it would be a Zoom H2N. I, I think it's. I personally think it's one of the best um, yeah. recorders for for EVP out there today. Yeah, I've a lot of investigators seem to really uh, prefer that particular one. The Zooms are. I like the personally like the H1 myself, but I've heard that from other people. So interesting. I'll have to look at that one. I we use the the DRO5s, the Tascams, you know. Yeah, uh, I just actually got one the other day. Too. Yeah, yeah. So we use because it's got the wave, you know, so it doesn't compress the sound. So similar, right. similar, yeah, capabilities. Um, mm -hmm. in both of those units. Um, you know, you have some folks that. Um, in fact, there's a, a an emeritus investigator with our group. He's moved out to Ohio um, recently um, to take a job out there. Mm -hmm. uh, he he loves his real time. Um, EVP recorder. Uh, he, he, um, yeah, the the real time um, device. So um, no, he 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 will not miss an investigation without it. So uh, <laughs> so you know, every, again, everyone has their. It it depends on what you want to do and and you know what you want to get out of it. For um, for us, um, 
and, and it's perhaps the royal us in, in this sense. Um, um, we we want to try to get the the best possible um, signal. Um, we want to have it reliable. We want to have it repeatable. Um, and if we could get that signal without using um, ghost devices or devices that are built for the paranormal community so much the better because that makes it more repeatable um, that at least in, in our in my view if you will makes it more reliable if if, if we can if we can um, if we can tell you what pieces of equipment we're using scientific or otherwise and you're able to to go get those things yourselves then you can replicate um, that same experiment for yourself so um, I, that's how we would prefer to do it and, and I think but I, I, I mean I, I don't know but we think that that might make the results more believable or acceptable at, at the end of the day right so Bob in chat has a question he would like to know since the EVP captures I, I have to I don't have my glasses on since the EVP captured by manipulation of energy is captured by the manipulation of energy does it make any difference of what type of recorder if the entity wants to communicate again um, it um, it depends on your budget it depends on your goals um, um, I don't think so I think um, I think you can get fairly good results in a, at least a medium quality recorder you, you you really shouldn't go terribly low um, in terms of quality. Um, you know the circuitry gets noisy, and um, and you and you and you won't be sure that you're hearing what you're really hearing at that point. So it it should be at least you know moderate quality. Um, right. And that's that's one of the issues on some of the non-high def recorders, I think. And and as I was looking at some of the materials you sent over, you have very specific criteria for what constitutes an EVP. And I think some people think any anomalous sound on a recording is a, a possible EVP when really it's somebody zipping up their zipper or dragging their foot along the ground or something like that. Or those demon stomach growls. Yeah. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. I so mean, why don't you quickly explain what your, your, because your criteria for EVP are pretty concise. So why don't you explain what your group considers an EVP? Well, again, um, we're trying to do research, and, and we want the the highest fidelity signal possible. We're, we've um, we've spared no expense in the in the audio arena, at least in terms of equipment that we can port around. Um, we're not yet a miniature studio. We're not quite to to that level of of, of logistics, if you will. But um, but. Um, but but yeah, the quality. Um, we we like EVP to hit four criteria, um, and in fact, so, some members of my group almost tire of me um, when I insist on this. Um, but um, we wanted to be specific, so answers to questions or controls like yes, no, maybe, you know, even if we think they're answering us, um, that's not specific enough. We'd like it to be direct. So if we're asking a question, we shouldn't have to wait five minutes for an answer. Um, it should be fairly immediate. And, and we want it to be in context. So if we say, what is your name, or can you give us a first and last name, and we hear something like the wall is brown, maybe we're hearing someone's television set. 
of that. Mm -hmm. and, and we want it to be a sentence because a sentence gives you more information in a phrase. It certainly gives you more information in a word. And if all of those things are met, um, and sometimes, um, you know, sometimes, of course, you're all paranormal investigators. You'll hear your name in the response. When someone's answering your question and your name's in the response, um, well, then that's not, a, that's not a stray radio broadcast. That's not um, stray traffic. Um, that, that becomes I, harder to explain in a way when all four of those conditions are I, I want to ask you a question. You know, many, many researchers, and this goes for me as well, feel that with certain energies, it may take them some time to respond to a question. Um, I know an, an, an EVP specialist who was mentored by Sarah Estep, and she was one of the um, leading specialists in the field. Um, now she's gone, unfortunately. But it is of her belief and many others that when you are conducting a session, you want to leave at least maybe 10 seconds in between because of the sheer possibility that that particular energy may need that time to respond. Um, what, what is your opinion on that? Because you say, what I heard you say is that you feel um, in order to classify an EVP, one of your uh, criteria is that they need to answer right away. So um, why do you feel that as opposed to them possibly needing time to answer? So, so can I give you um, apologies up front? What's going to sound a bit like a, a, millet, a militaristic or, mil or planner style answer? Um, so, you know, if you, if you sort of look at the problem in operational terms, you're trying to communicate with some consciousness and, um, and, you have, and you have some capacity to do that or not do that. Um, so, so you talk about EVP being in sort of burst-like terms and a spirit perhaps needing enough energy to give you that burst communication. Um, I, I will submit to you that if, if you were to experiment more with in, induction forms of, of EVP, um, you'll actually hear whole conversations, or what sounds like conversations. Um, the communications aren't burst-like at all. It's more, or less, it's more or less similar to how we're talking amongst ourselves right now. Um, and so, I, so I, I think if we can if we can make that process, if we can bring enough capacity to bear to make that those signals um, more reliable, repeatable, um, easier to hear, um, you it might change your it might change your notion about what what EVP is or isn't. Might. Now, do you run any uh, signal compression software, you know, dynamic signal compression to get the stuff that's really low in the background up to an audible level when you analyze your EVPs? Uh, um, so we use a combination of, of, um, of, of hardware noise filtering and software noise, no, excuse me, noise filtering. So, so take the spirit box. And by the way, um, you know, it gets a very bad reputation because you've got snippets of radio and white noise and all of this. Um, I, I would submit to you, try this experiment one day, um, you know, uh, 
I mean, we're having our second winter here up in Maryland, so um, plenty of shut-in time, um, at least this April. But um, but if any of you have an energy speaker, the kind that's made by digital dowsing, or you can use, you know, an induction um, um, EVP sensor, it'll, it'll um, function the same way. Um, take take that energy speaker attached to to your MP3 player or your smartphone. And, and take your spirit box and set it to say AM 530 or some dead air space and then run your energy speaker over the over your spirit box and you'll start to hear you will start to hear music or whatever music that you're playing on your mp3 or, or smartphone you'll start to hear that music in the spirit box through, because of direct audio coupling so so even though the spirit box is pretty much maligned um, because of um, how it's engineered, um, it is capable of picking up audio much in the same way your dynamic microphones pick up audio, much in the same way your recorders are picking up audio signals. So, right. so it's... Yeah, it's, my... Um, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. It's all, the same, it's all the same mechanism at the end of the day. So. So, and I'm sorry I digressed for a bit. So, so we'll use hardware noise filtering. We got a digital noise filter that will attach to the spirit box. So all that white noise that it generates between frequency steps, the digital noise filter, um, not, not, it doesn't completely remove it, but it, um, it goes a long way in removing it. And it's a piece of equipment that ham radio operators use. Um, we don't like to do software filtering. Many investigators don't. We will to, to remove the noise, but we don't like to do much of it. Um, to the extent you do do it, people are going to put less credence in your results. If you, can, if, you, if you can get the noise out as much as possible through hardware, um, I, I think you're on better footing. Um, you know, we do it, for example, law enforcement um, uses these techniques all the time. Um, so, you know, some some crime boss is talking to his underlings and maybe he's turned up his faucet and to mask you know his conversation and so you take the noise out so that you can hear that conversation I mean these so these are on a, on a certain level these are perfectly valid techniques but um, but if they're overused or overdone um, it, 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 it lowers the the, the credence, the quality of the of your results. Okay, guys, we need to take a break. We're actually a few minutes past, so let's do this. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll keep talking with Hiram about um, what he's doing out there in Maryland. Stick around, everybody. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. 
We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas, then get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Hello, this is Nolan, Ethan, and you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. You are with us. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. I'm Nick Sella. You've been listening to us talk to Hiram Henderson, the Director of Operations for the Maryland Paranormal Research. We've been talking all techie, techie, techie. So now we want to get into some of the places you've investigated and some of the things you have collected while you were investigating. So... Would we want to start at the best or the last? Or I mean, we can start whatever you want. The what would best. you like to start? With? The best. <laughs> well, oh, you heard it, I guess. Not. There you go. The, the best. best. All uh, right, Hiram, where are we going? Well, let me let me say this at the outset. Um, in some ways, um, I I can't talk about in some ways the best. We do some work for the old Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and um, those cases are um, when you're called out to to support. Um, those cases, um, those, those folks um, are pretty haunted. Um, but since this is a, a media venue, we can't. Uh, we're under obligation not to go into the details of that. But yes. um, some some fascinating stuff. I would say it's some of our best findings. But it, but it's, but those are not released to the public. Now, in terms of um, expeditions, um, if any. Ghost hunters come to Maryland. I think one place you have to go is Poplar Hill Mansion in Salisbury, um, Maryland. They're very friendly to paranormal groups. Um, um, it has a um, extensive history. It's um, one of the few properties that's survived two um, massive fires in that town. Um, and it began to get a haunted history once the Houston family um, started taking up residence there, and they had a um, they had about um, 19 slaves, and um, um, one of them being named Sarah, who um, tragically died in a in a fire while putting the the children to to bed, and um, her spirit is said to haunt the upstairs. Um, uh, you know, one of the, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to have to use, um, this slang. Sorry. Um, I mean, literally things are off the hook at that place. Um, I, um, it, when you take your real time equipment in there, you're going to get incredible amounts of returns. You're going to get, um, lots of EVP. I mean, at one point, um, we, we had, the SB7 running, we had the Avalis, of course, we, again, we were removing the noise. Um, you had situations where en- entities were finishing our sentences. And oh. I, 
I'm not sure that, you know, Poplar Hill is necessarily more haunted than any other locations that we've been to in Maryland, but, but because um, but because the mansion is, is friendly to paranormal groups, um, this is just my impression. I think the entities that are there are much more experienced or accustomed to using um, paranormal devices, if you will. Yeah, my um, I have a team in San Diego, and we do um, we've done a lot of work at this one place, the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, and we host tours there. And we're finding almost that in the past year, we are starting to get more frequent responses to our questions, and just more contextual types of responses to our questions. So, do you find with doing work at places or the the places that you do work at? the ones that you really focus on a lot, do you find that more energies are coming forward and talking with you? Um, again, um, we, we, treat, we treat it as an invisible humanity, so um, same range of folks on this side of, of our plane and are the same kinds of personalities you run across on the, in the other plane, so you know if you provoke um, if you taunt, um, you know how far that's going to get. Uh, you know how far that's going to get you, at least with living persons. Um, you know, that's right, exactly. pretty, awful, pretty awful social skills. It's it's no different for them. And, um, and certainly, you know, as paranormal investigators, of course, you you don't do that because it can make things worse for a client. Um, so. Um, so no, uh, it, 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 at least at Poplar Hill, we got great induction EVP. Um, in fact, there seemed to be a conversation where one entity said, "Let's not talk to them." Oh. Um, and um, we've got um, pretty good real-time results. Um, there's a small example of it posted on the site. So we we will ask in any investigation, we don't really have a set script, but we'll ask control questions to see if there's some sort of communication going on. We'll ask a question that they should know the answer to, or we'll count up and down and say, can you help finish the sequence? Um, and so, um, so we asked, well, what's the name of this mansion? What's the name of this building? And you could clearly hear Poplar Hill um, echoed back to us. Um, and and with and with the noise removed. Um, in fact, we presented the findings um, as is. There was no altering, no no noise filtering. Uh, it went straight from it went straight from our recorders right to the web. We didn't do anything to it. Hmm. Um, and um, so yes, if, if you're in Maryland, that is a place you 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 have to go. Um, but you know um you know they all have their um. Their stories and histories. I guess at least one of my favorite stories was probably um, some out of area investigations we did in Pennsylvania, and um, one of them was the Abel Collie Tavern, which is um, one of the places owned by the Fayette County, well, by the Fayette County Historical Society, and um, and this place didn't have an. Ex an extensive haunted pedigree. It had been in private hands for many years and the Historical Society acquired it in 2010 I believe or around that time frame and they were renovating it for 
not quite two years. Um, and but you know, you know, they're, um, you know, they're, you know, educated people. They're his historians, and and um, you know, and they're explaining what's going on when we arrive there. You know, that during one of their instances of renovation, you could hear these, they could hear these heavy boot stomps in the upper floor, and no one was up there, and the stomps, the stomping was so heavy that it shook the chandelier. And so there was this, you know, trepidation in their voices, you know, um, as we arrived, it's like, well, I want, you know, they didn't know what was going on. Was there something there that was evil or, or not? Um, generally, in historical um, locations, um, I think you find entities there that are, um, um, that, I, that I think understand what the curators are trying to do. I think they understand and, and generally support their mission. So to cut to the chase and toward the end, um, I was in the attic with the curator, uh, the head of the society, I should say, and, um, and we were just, you know, chatting, um, you know, upstairs and and we had the obelisk, we were about ready to break down, we were at the end of the investigation. And um, and then the device started saying, Abel, 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 because we were in the Abel Kali Tavern. And um, and we just sort of looked at that and noted it. And, um, and then it said, um, 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 the word homestead, and that didn't mean anything to me, but it meant um, a lot to the to the director because she said, "Well, that's interesting because um, because the birthplace of Abel Collie was his father's tavern, um, the Peter Collie Tavern, um, um, just up the road." And then the device um, said, "Not far from here," and, and she just sort of chuckled at that and she said, "Well, well, that's interesting because it isn't far from here. It's it's um, and then." Um, um, again, this didn't mean anything to me. Um, phonetically, the device said I L Yo, which seemed like gibberish, and it said it twice. I L Yo, I L Yo. Um, and I'm thinking, well, this is nonsense. Again, doesn't mean anything to me. Um, but then the the director remarked that the Peter Collier Tavern had been owned by the I L Yo family since the 1970s, and that and that the historical society had been trying to acquire this property because it was near collapse. And so by the time we left, you know, they were laughing and, and you know, it was, a, it was just a lighter atmosphere because at least whoever was trying to communicate um, certainly didn't mean them any harm or, or mean them any ill um, and seemed to understand um, exactly what they were trying to do in terms of their um, mission, and we've seen that happen in other other museums. Um, we were in Oakland, Maryland, way out west, way way out west, um, and similar things were were happening out there. In fact, the 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 reflections that we got on the real time equipment were outright cordial, um, and um, very good induction EVP from that investigation um, as well. Um, we were. Um, in another museum in Linthicum, um, Maryland, the Anne Arundel County Historical Society, and um, and the 
one the co-curator, the co-director there had talked about how difficult it was for small museums to raise money to, to keep up the public's interest, to preserve the heritage. Um, you know, it's this, for context, it's this museum that's basically surrounded by BWI Airport. Um, back in the day, they bought up a whole lot of land, um, um, paved over some, um, if you will, some graveyard plots in doing it. Um, but a similar thing happened out there. In fact, one of the curators was walking around with the device and, um, and, and, and it blurted out loud and clear, don't give up. Um, so, I, so at least from our experience when we're in these museums, um, you almost seem to come across helpful curator types from the other side who were telling you the exhibits that you're looking at. Um, saying, you know, some of the names in connection with them, or they certainly seem to understand the, the mission of the, and, and are supportive and friendly to, to what the directors and curators are trying to do. Um, Does your team prefer to do historical cases, excuse me, I can't talk, historical locations or private residence cases, or business too, commercial cases? Um, well, you I don't know if it's a matter of prefer, but certainly, um, you know, the his, historical sites are are um, in some ways more fun. They're training events for us, and you don't have to deal with distraught clients. Um, you don't have to, because um, paranormal investigations, and you all would agree with this, they're not just a search for for spirits, they're a search for answers. And so you've got to sort of sort of um, unpack what the you know what private clients are saying and 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 try to sort out what may be paranormal and what isn't um, right. as, you, as you approach your investigations. but but with a historical site, no, it it has a history. It's known. Um, you know, these places that we've picked are known to be haunted. In fact, you know, Maryland, um, parts of it sort of play up um, haunted tourism, if you will. Certain counties are pretty big into that over here. Um, so, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. I said haunted tourism everywhere. Um, so, um, so yeah, so I so I guess you know in terms of just what's more fun, um, we like the haunted locations, and um, and it's especially fun when um, um, when you might find reflections that seem to support the stories connected with those places. So so take haunted Savage Mill. Um, um, some legends connected with it with that place are the. The ghost of um, Rebecca King and Francis Reilly, and we heard those names in our in um, our results. I'm at the University of Maryland, um, Rossboro Inn is supposedly haunted by by um, the spirit of of a former manager named Betty, Miss Betty, and we heard reflections of her name. Um, and then we also heard Benjamin, um, which. I, you know, I didn't know what that meant at the time, and I wish uh, a last name was provided. But, but the 
But the very first president of the University of Maryland uh, was a Quaker. His, his first name was Benjamin. Um, I don't know if the, that was the Benjamin in question. Um, but um, So that, kind, that stuff is kind of exciting, essentially. Well, have you, like, like, we're talking audio and stuff. Do you have, do you ever capture, like, visuals? Um, well, you know, as you all know, that's, um, that's pretty rare. Um, um, we are experimenting, um, and, um, probably can't emphasize the word experimenting perhaps enough with structured light system and uh, you know the if you will um, the connect sensor ghost phenomenon um, and um, I certainly you know we think in most cases um, those are false positives if you look at some items of evidence posted on the net um, you'll see the sensor pointed at um, human-sized appliances or furniture. So, you know, see a skeleton against a you know, you might be looking at a false positive. But then, um, but then, you know, there, these things happen that you just can't explain, where they seem to comply with commands that you ask them. And um, in fact, one group out in California um, with you. Um, um, was in some um, antique consignment place and they were sitting on this antique wooden bench and I think they asked this skeleton to cross its legs and it crossed its legs. Oh, and really? asked it to touch its hand and it touched its hand. We had a, we um, had a case just across the, um, just across the bridge um, in um, Queenstown um, where one of these skeletons came up and I'm thinking to myself, well, this is, you know, false positive and, and they, you know, and the team said, well, go engage it, I, you know, and I reluctantly d did so because in the back of my mind I'm thinking, oh, this is a false positive, but fine, I'll go through the motions. And it was kind of facing us and I asked it to turn sideways and extend its arms straight out. And in less than a minute, you know, it turned sideways and extended its arms straight out. So, um, you know, I don't, it's things like that that leave my head scratching, that um, things that I would think are not supposed to happen, but yet um, from time to time they do with this technology. Um, so, but, but I think to, to make it more real, you need, you know, extra phenomenology. So if you had EVP where you could say, hey, did you cross your legs? Did you do that? And if you had a response to the effect that, yes, I did, mm -hmm. um, well, then that could add um, more layers of information on the phenomenon. It would make it a bit more. A have, bit. You run across, well, have you run across like poltergeist activity or, you know, like object, you know, objects moving or, you know, disappearing or you know, any of that other kind of phenomena? We um, have had cases where that's reported. Um, we've, um, um, I can't say ever, ever witnessed it, um, but that's not to say, you know, other odd things didn't occur throughout the remainder of the night or that we didn't get um, good 
EVP results. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, and some some of those cases again, um, I'm constrained from talking about as I yeah, okay. as I mentioned earlier. But yeah. uh, um, you know, I don't know what'll come of this, but one of the you know, we, we try to blend the physical sciences and parapsychology um, it, because it's over 130 years old and it has all of these insights. In fact, some of the terms that we say, like crisis apparitions, you know, come from the work of the Society for Psychical Research mm -hmm. around the turn of the turn of the century. Um, mm -hmm. They get much of the vocabulary vocabulary, excuse me, that we use right um, that we use now. Mm -hmm. Um, but 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 yeah. So we're we're gonna try to to use um, what's called a random event generator, and parapsychologists use that to detect what they call micro um, psychokinesis events, micro PK events. Um, right. Um, that are measured via statistical means. Mm -hmm. So I see that I I see that you have uh, a pretty interesting eclectic bunch of people on your team. Electrical engineer, former flight nurse, uh, a writer—is that correct? Yes. So how does how do you think that how do you think that enhances what you do having that you know wide range of I mean how do they all fit into the niche of, of the team? Well, they all you know um, have their skills that are that are um, very useful in in at various places and times. Um, some of them. Um, unfortunately, are um, emeritus members um, now. Um, they've moved on to other things. But one one emeritus member that we had was a uh, a flight nurse. At least mm -hmm. she was in uniform. Okay. And so, so you know, uh, typically, I mean, you've seen it all before. Um, clients will report a number of medical symptoms. Mm -hmm. Perhaps they haven't been to a doctor in in um, a few years. Um, and this nurse could could instantly sort out what those symptoms are, what what um, clients were likely experiencing. Um, sometimes um, some clients are forthcoming and some are not. Um, you you've all been there about what yes. medications that they take. Um, yes. We had a client that said, "Oh no, I'm not on medications." And then when we got to the place, um, you know, Laurel. Rec uh, excuse me. Our nurse um, recognized what the, you know, what the medication was instantly. Um, and then, that, then that client began acting a little weird as the night went on. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, I wonder uh, why. Uh, one um one one um alumnus is um I think going to go on to uh, a great deal of fame herself. Um, um, and her name's Elizabeth Saint. Okay. And, um, her device actually was featured on um, par this new show, Paranormal Lockdown, with yes, with Nick Groff and. Um, is it the Geo the Geo uh, box? No, not the Geo box. Okay. No, okay. but uh, but um, Elizabeth is an electrical engineer and also an actress and model. And when she approached um, us some years ago, I'm like, you can't be for real. <laughs> and then I and then I saw her IMDb credits, and from time to time you'll look up, turn on the TV, and and here she is acting in a Travel Channel uh, episode of Mysteries of the Museum, and it's like, nope, nope, she's for real. Wow. So 
She's so a, are you to say that good-looking women can't be smart engineers? No, <laughs> Just, no. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> no, no, no. Heck no. Not, not, not watch so. out for them. I'm telling you right now, watch out for the ladies. Trust me. Yeah. But um, but I throw her name out there to. I, I think she's gonna. I mean, she's young, um, not yet thirty, and um, you know, I think she's gonna bring some interesting um devices at some point forward. So um, I mean, so for example, um, I mean, I don't think you see this in many devices. You know, the proximity sensors that are in your smartphone that yeah. that tell the phone how close it is to your face or not to your to your face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. Elizabeth has used proximity sensors in one of her devices. Um, you know, she's also looking at. Um, you've heard, of course, radar, radar detection and raging. There's also lidar. You know, the same thing happens, but with beams of of laser light to to do imaging, if you will, and it can see through vegetation and stuff like that. She's going to be doing some things with LIDAR. I mean, so she'll be doing some things that, that no one else is doing. Um, and she has the skills to, um, to bring those things to bear. So, um, Very cool. So look for that. Um, 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 our writer um, um, is a reporter for a prominent um, political journal. But so when it comes to interviewing and I mean, she is, she's the best, um, more or less, at that, and and asking incisive questions and and um, putting all that together. We um, also um, recently acquired a, a a lady who's a retired um, Coast Guard um, captain. She's a she has a PhD in biology. She also happens to be psychic. By the way, Elizabeth is psychic as well. Oh, okay. Um, we we um, recently came on board um, another fellow who's um, spent 10 years in the nuclear submarine service, um, brings a lot of mechanical engineering savvy. You know, when he starts talking of his engineering and science talk, the clients, you know, just love, love to hear this fellow talk. You know, he instills <laughs> a great deal of confidence um, amongst the clients. Um, Great addition to the team. Um, we also have a, a young lady, a retired sergeant, who um, worked protocol for the Air National Guard. So you had to see the big man for for um, the ANG. You had to go through her. Um, she's studying to be a journalist herself. Now. So we've been we've been very lucky. Um, I've never recruited these folks. Have looked at the site, saw what we're trying to do, wanted to be a part of it. And um, and they came on board. So um, I, I mean, I've been tremendously lucky. We're all kind of like-minded folks. So I forgot I forgot to mention another emeritus member, um, Michael, who moved out to um, moved out to Ohio to take a job out there. Um, graduate of American University, he's got his master's in international crisis diplomacy from out there, and. Um, and you know, also a very amiable fellow, but um, and he served um, in Afghanistan, um, did some tours there. He was injured, not mortally, but as a result of those injuries, it, it made him more psychic. But um, but the clients just love him to death. He'll get in there, sort of talk with them, and and you know, and he's he just draws them in in his orbit. So very sociable person. So it, it's. It's it's been a great group. Um, 
Sorry, and you know, it's it's um, and it's hard to see some of them go, but you know, but we're all kind of still connected. We um, we communicate via a virtual private network, um, and that's how we exchange information amongst ourselves because we're so geographically dispersed. In fact, half of the people who support Maryland paranormal research actually don't even live in Maryland. Some live in Virginia, some live in Delaware. And if it wasn't for a VPN, um, where we could easily post and get information to everyone, um, it, it, it would, um, you know, the logistical burdens would be that much harder. Okay, so Hiram, we have actually come to the part of the show that we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. Oh. So this is where you tell people where they can find you, any things that you have coming up that you'd like them to know about, that type of thing. Uh, well, um, we're, we're, we are, no, no, I'm not going to do that, I was going to say, we're selling hot cross buns. <laughs> uh, I want, I'm hungry. Yes, um, be the first on your block. Um, no, um, I, I would say, um, for our part, we try to put a lot of information, um, out. Um, we, we freely share what we do. We, um, are very transparent about what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, if, if you can avail yourself to, to some of the information that we put out there, and it's, it's not a ton, um, but we try to make it um, um, as informative as possible. So we have a number of briefings on SlideShare, um, such as Parapsychology for Paranormal Research. Um, we have another one that, that I recently gave to the Institute of Noetic Sciences, at least their Baltimore chapter, um, called um, Consciousness, Capacities, and Communications. Because again, capacity is something that's under our control, something that we can adjust um, if we sort of operationalize the, the communication problem. So, I w and, and we have a FAQ, um, an FAQ page that, um, that ranks well in the search engine results. Um, it's called the Paranormal Research. FAQ. Um, and as we learn from various investigations and the applications of, of these techniques, we, we put the results of those lessons out there. So, um, so and, and, we, and, and it's no cost to, to anyone. So, um, yeah, please avail yourselves of those products. Um, let us know if there's anything that we could perhaps add, any, you know, any any topics that we perhaps ought to cover, but um, but yeah, between parapsychology and the physical sciences, we we really have I, I think worked hard to try to put um, the best um, the the best research and technical information we can put out there, because that's what we set out to do in, in forming this. Great. Well, it sounds like you're doing some good work out there in Maryland, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us and, and sharing with us what you're doing. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you this very was, much. This, this was fun. I, you know, I just got to give my chucks and my gems, you know. Um, I got my yeah, two well, you know, we barely can tell them apart, so it's all right. I wouldn't worry about <laughs> it. You did just fine. Thank you, Hiram, so much for coming on. No, my, my pleasure. Thank you. Uh -huh, good night. Okay, take care. All right, there you go, guys. That's Hiram Henderson of Maryland Paranormal Research. Um, so, cool. And we still have lots of people on the call. <laughs> we still have lots of people I on know. here because 
we wound up with a host of hosts, as, as Jim mentioned. Um, so, Cheryl, let's talk about upcoming shows, uh, magazine stuff, you know, all the business that we have to take care of here at Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Yes, all the good stuff. Um, wow, that interview was great. It's re- really a little, t- some of the parts were a little technically uh, above my head personally, but I'm not, I'm not an active <laughs> investigator. Not at all, yeah. So thanks Jim for, for joining in and thanks Nicole also for, for joining us tonight. I liked our hosts of hosts. So that was awesome. Yeah, that was cute. I like that. <laughs> um, next week on the 14th of April, uh, we will be talking with, we spoke about him earlier in the show. We'll be talking with Seth Michael, psychic medium as well as Tristan David Luciati. And Tristan is the producer of the upcoming documentary called All Around Us, Inside the Life of Psychic Medium Seth Michael. Yay! And, yes, and, and uh, Karen and Nicole, you, you are somewhat involved in that project as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then on the 21st, we'll be talking to horror author Chad Shemke, who we've spoken with. Yeah, that's with right. Make sure you before. enunciate those syllables so that yes. they don't think we're talking to the other kind of horror, author. Horror, right? <laughs> that's right. Um, and then we will be off the 28th because, um, yeah, we're going to be going to a concert that day. So. <laughs> oh, I see how it is. Fun stuff. Actually, I, I hadn't told you that yet, but I wasn't going to be able to do the 28th because okay. Tanner has sax night and we're going over to listen to it. So. Oh, my. So that worked out for everybody. There you go. It, I have a night off. Except our listeners who are going to be ripped off. We're yes, so very. But we'll be, we'll be back uh, the week after that. Let's see what do we got going on. Um, I have to double check our guest on that week, but uh, we'll be back uh, May 5th. And then um, we go from there. I'm going to hold off uh, talking about future guests at that point, but um, we have some good stuff in store. So um, you can also, if you can't, um, well, if, 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 if you are not available to join us live, you've probably found our podcast at podbean.com or yes. on iTunes. You can get it um, also on MixLR. Um, at least our, our newest episodes on MixLR. If you want to go back in time, years and years and years, you can go to Podbean and search for Paranormal Underground Radio. That's right. And remember that if you don't want to miss the show and you want to know whenever the show is on, you can go into MixLR chat room for Paranormal Underground Radio. And if you click the red follow button, which is right under our little logo on the left, uh, you will get email notifications when we go on the air. Plus, come on, you want to follow us. We rock, right? <laughs> Heck yeah. Woohoo. Hell yeah. Heck yeah, we rock. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, magazine business. Um, I need some dreams. I just used my last one, and it, unless you people want me to start interpreting my own dreams, you need to send me yours because, really, you don't want my dreams. Um, they're a little <laughs> weird. A last That's night, I had a dream about energy healing my chakras it was like all of my worlds collided it was a little little strange that sounds pretty cool actually it was pretty cool and then i monkey was laying on my solar plexus chakra so she was either sucking energy from me or giving energy to me i am not sure which (laughs) oh monkey send me your dreams editor at paranormalunderground.net because i would much rather analyze your dreams publicly than mine remember you can do it anonymously you don't need to you have to tell cheryl who you are so she can send you the analysis but she keeps it quiet yep i'm good with secrets 
She's good with I'll secrets. send you a couple of mine. There's a few. Oh, sweet. I'll awesome. Send you a couple. Yes, that'll, yes. that'll be great. <laughs> I tend to be a very lucid dreamer, so I remember my dreams. That's oh, awesome. Very good. Yeah. I, like, I like lucid dreaming. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, so what's, what's up with the mag? Um, for those who want to get the latest issue, go to paranormalunderground.net, and uh, you can order a PDF there, or you can order a print on demand. Go to magcloud.com and search Paranormal Underground. And if you want a 12-month PDF subscription where we just email you the PDF every month, you can also go to paranormalunderground.net and sign up there. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Nice stuff. And, and right now we have the March issue, but not the April issue. Out, yeah, right? the, the latest issue is our March issue. Um, and we're currently working on April. So that's coming up. Then. Anyone else? When is the deadline for Karen? Really seriously? Up. It was like it was like the first of last it was, month. It was uh, March first. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like a dog having. I think I meant me. I'm sorry. Well, that's all. Yeah, let's just shove your nose in the poop. No, <laughs> you. Yeah. Any, well, or, Jim. Jim also has has said he's going to restart his column, and you notice you haven't gotten anything from him either. I did. It was know, like I the conference. Notice. We just know I was getting ready for that. Like, oh my God. I got mine in. Just send Super them in fun. when you can. That's all. You didn't yes, we know you got yours in, Karen. Thank you. Well, it's because it's so seldom that I actually have mine in and other people don't. So <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling excited about that. I know that. you're enjoying this. It's very true because Karen is usually last in turning her Yes. So she's excited when she gets it in first. Well, we're That's I'm right. The last couple months I haven't. I have not been last. As a matter of fact, first. for two months I met the deadline. This is true. And then I didn't again. That's okay. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah, my column hasn't been in there for a few months, so I have to get back on track. So, yeah. And if if our listeners who have never listened before wonder what Paranormal Underground Magazine is, mm-hmm. I think it's fairly probably self-explanatory. But anyway, we have lots of good stuff in there about. But it's ho- not paranormal. Well, we've got. No. it's not just the paranormal. You're right. We've got paranormal good stuff like uh, paranormal sites, haunted. Haunted houses or buildings, um, paranormal investigations. We have um, cryptids. yeah, cryptozoology, ufology, metaphysics, all sorts of fun, exciting stuff that you want to read about. That's right. And Jim's going to be starting up his uh, his quantum healing or his quantum musings article again. Quantum healing. That would be neat. Nice. As soon as I finish reading the book on extra dimensional. B- membranes. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> understand the word, but... I want to. I'll, I'll read the column and go. I don't. I don't even know what he's talking about. I'm confused. Jim, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, membrane. What? I'm not really. Yeah, talk about over my head. <laughs> I... no, he doesn't. He tries to. I, he tries to make it so that it's not because he tries to tie it into the paranormal in a way that's understandable. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's understandable, even even. I can read it and like my head won't explode. Can we just give him the byline of Techie McScience Geek, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's, let's do that. The okay confusing with that? corner with Techie McScience Geek. <laughs> where people corner. don't understand what he's talking about. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I read this oh, thing and my head hurts and I don't understand what he's talking about. <laughs> 
He's using four cool. syllable words to make it yeah. stop. It's really cool. I don't understand membranes. I'm not sure what he's talking about. You know <laughs> what membranes is, are. Just remember, Insane this is my membrane. Yeah! Oh, yeah. High five. I just have to say, Bob is taunting me again from the chat room about getting the magazine Bob, out Bob early. Bob his lesson last time. Bob, I have concerts to go to. Didn't you hear me? Bob, we're coming to find you. We're done with you. We're, that's it. We're all coming to find you. You know, right. here's the thing. We almost had Bob co-host tonight, too, because, you know, <laughs> we just, I mean, oh we could have had God. another one. Yeah, Bob, you didn't know how close you came to co-hosting tonight. Ooh, that's right. Bob dodged a bullet. <laughs> You could have been well, so, again. You could be sitting here right now, engaging in this conversation. Well, I was confused because I, I, I'm like, "Do you really need me?" She goes, "Yes, we need you." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll send." Boop! And there's like all these people. I'm like, "You didn't name me. You all these people right here." That was fun though. Yeah, the more cool. the merry. We had a few audio glitches, but we hung through it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Echo, that's right. I muted. It. It. it was kind of creepy it. actually. That audio stuff drives me crazy. But what can you do? You, yeah. What can you do? It it's, happens. All well, it's funny because my brother texts me while we're done the show, and he's like, uh, hearing an echo. I'm like, yes, we know. It's live. Something we <laughs> well, can do. Well, thank you, Tommy G. We yeah, I'm like, I know. It's driving us crazy. We can't control it. Yana, um, yana. So, so do I see that you're having sweet potato fries this weekend, Chuck? Oh, yes, I am. My sister-in-law, Barb, is awesome. She spoils the poop out of me. Uh, so she goes, well, what do you, you know, you're coming out. What do you want to eat? I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I really want a BLT. I haven't had a BLT in like forever, you know, because I have all the cool food. My son, Matt, here, oh, my God, he's like a chef extraordinaire, and he brings all these. And, and even the way it looks, it's like I don't want to eat it because it's so pretty, you know. <laughs> I mean, when I eat it, it's like. Holy God. So I'm like, well, I want something basic, you know, BLTs. I haven't had BLTs. And then sweet potato fries. And then I said, well, I, could I have this? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, man. I, BLTA. I just... BLT avocado. Oh, oh, oh yes. Yes. Avocado, I love it. I haven't had a sandwich in two years, folks. Wow. That's good. Uh, because I can't eat bread. Oh, even, even a turkey. Like a turkey club. Yeah. Yeah, turkey clubs are good too. So, yeah. Penny bread and BLTs were my favorite. BLTAs were my absolute favorite. Or I liked um, pita breads with hummus and yes. um, and kale and Nicole. Nicole, I don't want to make you gag, but bell peppers. Oh, I like the red and the yellow and orange. I yeah, I like the red and the yellow. You don't like the green ones. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you put hummus on a car tire and I'll eat it. So good. Hummus is so good. Yes. Yeah. I should have known. Boy, you know what? If I hadn't known that, I would have just given you hummus on a car tire for breakfast. Uh, there you um, go, right? Oh my god, no I loved, loved that oh, shrimp dinner. Right? Chewing on the tire. Yep. There you go. All right. Gonna munch on my tire when we get off. <laughs> yep. Some you know, roasted. It's roughage. For some reason, but it's what roughage. It's roughage. I don't think rubber is roughage. Right. <laughs> Especially if it's Kevlar belted. It's rubbage. It's rubbage. You don't think rubber yeah. is roughage? No. Oh no! And then you eat that, and you fart, and it smells like that rubber smell. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, what, no, when, Chad, when is the last time you ate a tire and farted? I don't. I have I never eaten fart. a tire, but I know what rubber smells like when it's like burning. So if I'm assuming if you ate it and it was a fart, it smelled the same way. I'm just I'm just correlating these things, you know. I think, oh, I think you're just extrapolating. <laughs> Whoa! There goes the words again. Extrapolate. What, extrapolation. I'm sorry. Strapping okay. on what? Did you say Extrapolating. what? Extrapolating. Oh, I thought you said strapping on something. All right. 
No, because I'm not a big old creepy perv like you. I'm not a creepy perv. I just Ouch. thought I heard that. Am I my thing? It's like the live. It must be Skype. I don't know. Yeah, blame it on Skype. It really I'm not a perv. Back it off, girls. Just creeper. Whatever. Creeper. Whatever. Miss playing with her hair. Like playing with your hair the whole time in the dark there. Uh huh. Yeah. Jeez. I'm I know it's nice to see that Nicole has her room well lit so that we can yeah, see her so well. I saw her for a minute. I saw her for a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, she is. She's the youngest out of all of us. She should, you know, she's got that young skin. <laughs> yeah, and no braid hair. I have, one I have one light on in my room. I don't know why it's so dark. It's crazy. Oh, well. I know because it's still light out, isn't it? No, not here. It's dark. We're in the dark Does it get dark? Yeah. Doesn't it get dark? Oh, Bob says his metaphysical studies are going well. I am so glad, Bob. <laughs> they should be because you're a good guy and, you know, yeah. yeah Bob, Bob just said to chuck off you any candy. Oh, you're so funny, Bob. <laughs> yeah, candy. I did. I did offer him candy as I drove up in my black van with no windows. All tinted. Do you know what that actually happened to me and my sister when we were a kid? What? Well, somebody offered you candy, or somebody drove up in a black van, or both. Or both. <laughs> well, did they ask you to help? Did they ask you to find their dog? No, yeah. they. I was just no, they were parked on the side of the street with a van with the door open, and asked us if we wanted. Asked. Did my you run and away? If we wanted candy. We damn sure did run away. Oh <laughs> God! See, that's a no. thing for a reason. Yeah, it, that Parents actually happened. No. Yeah. I just thought it was just that's like creepy. Runaway kids. There you go. Run away, if, if, hey, run away, kids. Run away. That went no, dark real fast. Sorry, you guys. Candy from a, from a <laughs> I swear. Yeah. I Unless it's Halloween and you've knocked on that van for trick or treating, but I don't. Halloween. I would knock on a windowless van for I trick or treat. So. I was going to say, no, it's probably no. not a good idea. No, no especially no. not if it's down by the river. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to knock on the van down by the river. <laughs> Okay, and the show has turned really, really dark right now. We're so sorry for that. That's Cheryl's full. All right, we're giving Chuck. tips. Tips I to what? Chuck. He brought up what the man and the candy. It just flashed well, because, in my head. Wait, wait, wait. Karen called me the perv, <laughs> then Bob said the candy, and then I brought it up. So I really didn't start the whole thing. I'm kind of like the third one down the totem pole on that one. That's yeah, true. but you were being pervy, and that's kind of how it all started. Just blame Bob. Bob's not even here. He's in the chat room. Blame Bob. Bob. Bob's perv, Scott's. Gosh darn you, Bob. Hey, little girl, would you like to join a paranormal team? Oh, and Jim just joined the ranks. Welcome to the ranks of Pervy. <laughs> Jim's totally, Jim's like all paranormal and stuff now because he's been to a paranormal conference That's and he's fun. had paranormal experiences. So he's like a, a paranormal guy now. I'm not just a paraspouse anymore. He just rubbed. <laughs> I didn't know that was even a word. Paraspouse. I like that. That's good. Paraspouse. Yes. You can oh. tack para onto the beginning of anything, and people either realize you're paranormal or think it's like uh, Paralympics. Oh. Well, I'm parallel alone right now. That's what I am. I'm parallel alone. You're paralonely. I'm parasleepily. Yeah, Sleepy. Paralympics. Kind of. Paralonely, I'm a parababe. Oh, Bob! I Bob. will pay you $40 for that later. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, look at that. Oh, Bob's so no, you know who's the parababe? He's oh, a my babe God. And I'm perv. Nice. 
I don't know if it's because Nicole is young or she's single or she's cute or she's what, but I have never seen somebody get so hit on so frequently at a paranormal convention as Nicole. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with that? Like, oh my God. I think I... it's because I'm just from San Diego, maybe, from California. I don't know. No, it's. I mean, I I can see what they're hitting on. It's it's. You're you're lovely. It's just funny. I you know. I've never. I've never seen you're you're so pretty. I've never seen anybody. I've never seen anybody get hit on quite as much at paranormal convention. That's funny. Yeah, I was kind of yeah. You went home feeling pretty good about yourself, didn't you? (laughs) I went home. Oh, you go, girl. There you go. Awesome. Wait, you're single. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, boys. She's single and she's cute. Yeah. E Harmony won't even let me on. And she's got a whole shit. <laughs> e Harmony. That's right. E Harmony rejected you. Yeah. E Harmony says, sorry, I don't got anybody for you. But I mean, all I told you was my name for crying out loud. How do you even. But didn't you try it again and then you would? You yeah, could. It was. It okay. was because when I joined before, it was because you're, when you're separated, E Harmony will not take you. You have to be divorced or whatever. So when I went back in, I put the same oh, thing in. But it was just funny when it came back and said, "We have no." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> there is nobody in the world for you name. because you're just yeah, that, sorry, Chuck, that undesirable. Nobody will love you, Chuck, because you're just a loser. There you go. Oh my god, that would be that would be really sad. Why am I all of a sudden really depressed? That's okay. I, I'm used to it. I'll just feel Kidnappers and That's vans right. and Chucks. Yeah. Well, we're glad that we could uplift you this evening, listeners of Paranormal (laughs) Underground Radio in the Dark. Anything that we can do to really bring your, to raise your spirits, by golly, that's what we're here for. So let's think of something happy and positive to end on. Well, hopefully Seth won't get lost to the show next week. That'll be a plus, huh? Oh, Seth will be on the show next week, and Seth is lovely, and you'll like yes, Kristen's great awesome. too. You'll you'll like them both very oh, much. Oh, yes, they are nice. They're very yes, nice. Yep. looking forward to it for sure. I can't wait I'm to ex- listen to the show next week. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited ready. too. I'm Jack, and I, we will only have two hosts next week, everyone. Really? Aww. Yes. So oh, here's to keep me here's here's where it's time to now say thank you to Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you to Jim. Thank you, Jim. You guys both stepped in to save my hide when I thought I was going to have to host the show alone. And, well, here we are. Uh, Otherwise, it was going to be Cheryl, and Cheryl was making sure that she had at least one one person there so she didn't have to. (laughs) Right, Cheryl? That's that's right. And we ended up from from one to four. That's right. Look at that. Booyah. All right. So, everybody. Thank you anytime. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on MixLR. We'll be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. where Chuck lives. Other times and other flyover states. Everybody have a great week. Good night. And next week will be a live musical version. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Bye. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place, or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something paranormal.